Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. And I'm not quite as enthused as last week for obvious reasons. Uh, the entire state of Michigan just had trouble with football, period. Um, yeah. Indiana, uh, you know, beat, beat down uh, a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and Iowa just. Threw, uh, threw Michigan State around like a hay bale. And <laughs> it, it was just such a disaster. So we're going to talk, well, our favorite sport a little bit today, but we're, we are going to give you a oh, quick uh, recap of the <laughs> just disasters that uh, the respective disasters that uh, we saw on Saturday and look, Michigan state, they sucked in all three phases. They sucked on special teams. You know, people always made fun of uh, D'Antonio's special teams units because they never broke punt returns or kick returns. Um, It's been just completely brutal in regards to that aspect ever since uh, D'Antonio got there and really, I mean, never since Keyshawn Martin left anyways. And really, when you think about it, at least they stopped people. And they couldn't stop Iowa on punt returns. They couldn't stop them on kick returns. Um, the defense was atrocious. Rocky Lombardi did not help that cause at all. As he brought, brought back the uh, Rutgers version of himself and uh, – yeah, Antoine Simmons was banged up and he didn't get to play. Not like it would have made much of a difference, if any at all. And look, it, it was it was just bad. You know, you sit there and you listen to Scotty Hazleton at the beginning of the year. Oh, we're going to run multiple defenses. Then why against Iowa do you not have three linebackers in? Why why do you why are you so insistent on running that four two five? And Iowa was just able to bully you around, and then. By the time uh, you were catching on to that, they could do whatever they wanted. You know, Rocky Lombardi was terrible. Um, you know, missing open receivers, uh, throwing really bad interceptions. And look, I, I said something the other day, and I stand by it. And any quarterback with a big arm, as long as you're a little accurate, can beat Michigan. Period. Yeah. Yeah, anybody can. Michigan's defense is set up, and Rocky Lombardi has a big arm, and he was a little bit accurate against Michigan. And look, without a run game, you need to have the ability to throw the ball. You need to deploy passing game as a substitute for it occasionally. And Rocky can't do that. And that I mean, that, that's where we're at. Look, I said at the beginning of the year, Michigan State season is going to go one of two ways. They're going to go two and six or two and seven. And then they're going to go, or they're going to go five or six and three. It it just depends if you want to count that championship week. And I, it was dependent upon the quarterback. And, you know, in week two, we saw. We saw six and three Michigan State. We saw a dominant defense. We saw a great offense. We saw good special teams. And then in weeks one and three, we saw two and seven Michigan State. 
And uh, look, it's 100% dependent on the quarterback. And that's why I think there needs to be a change. I'll, I'll come straight on. There needs to be a change at quarterback. He's got talented receivers. We've seen that the first two weeks. First three weeks, Jalen Naylor had a pretty decent game yesterday. Still. Jalen Naylor had a good game against Michigan. Jaden Reed balled out against Rutgers. Ricky White crushed Michigan. There's weapons. There's weapons there. But when he starts seeing that pressure, he gets a little fidgety and he's trying to run short passes and need to be accurate to card Iowa zone. It's not efficient. It isn't. That's where we're at. Michigan State's a quarterback away. They have young talent on the team. We've talked about that. We beat the crap out of that horse last week. There was a lot of young talent on this team. But they're a quarterback away. And we didn't see Theo Day yesterday. We saw a little bit of Peyton Thorne um, missed an easy rollout pass. But other than that, you know, nothing much to look at in garbage time. So, look, this is on the coaches for not getting the team fired up. This is on them for being stubborn. We've talked about how stubborn killed Don Brown last week. And we're going to talk about again this week. how it yeah, killed him this week too. And, we, I mean, Michigan State's coaches are stubborn. You're not going to load the box against Iowa. Iowa's quarterback just got to against you. Yeah, load the box. Make him throw it. Make him feel your pressure. He's a young quarterback. Go after him. That's what Iowa did. Iowa went after Rock in the show. He struggled. And so this is on coaching, and it's a quarterback away. And that's where Michigan State's going to be the rest of the season if changes aren't made. I'm not going as far as saying, oh, fire Mel Tucker. No, but he needs to make the adjustments. And this is the same crap we talked about after Rutgers. He didn't make adjustments. The only good news is, is Michigan State only lost 14 to 7 in the second half. Yeah. yeah. Almost got to the yeah. spread. Good job, guys. The 35 nothing yeah. first half kind of sucked, but yeah. Like that that that's where we're at though. Michigan State's a quarterback away. Now not from competing. Um, They'll compete in two years as long as they have a quarterback. Yeah. But they're a quarterback away from that five and four, six and three mark that I've discussed. I think the concerning thing for Michigan State is kind of what you talked about on defense is Iowa was able to just run downhill all day long. And uh, they got into the secondary so easily off the running game. That has to be troubling for Michigan State fans, coaches, players, everything. You know, just how easy it looked for Iowa was was very shocking to me as I thought this would be a very low-scoring game, you know, a 2017 win for Iowa, something like that. I think we knew they were going to play well. I think we expected it. I definitely know we didn't expect this. Um, as far as the quarterback away, I don't know. That's probably, for me, not true yet. I think they definitely need a quarterback to play better than Rocky did. He had happy feet all day. Uh, he couldn't get his feet set, didn't handle pressure well. He hit the deep ball is great. It's kind of like reverse where Joe Milton makes a couple of nice little throws and tight windows, but he can't throw the deep ball very well, even though he did have a couple – Nice throws finally in the end zone that we were able to catch. But the problem with Rocky is, yeah, just footwork. Um, You know, he slipped on the one interception. And uh, 
You know, they, everything was just bad. You know, I, I think if you're Michigan State, look, I said four and four. Maybe every other week they just play like a different team because they're, they're just inconsistent. They're very young in some areas. Uh, I would say the same thing for Michigan. I mean, I don't think these two teams are any different at all. I think they're pretty much the, the spinning image of each other where they can look really, really good at times and look terrible at times. Uh, Michigan for two weeks in a row, though, has looked horrible. Um, you know, the concern for me for Michigan is, you know, when you have who came into the season that you were so high on and he's getting just brutally killed like Vincent Gray is, eventually you got to say, look, we already know that this season's a wash as far as winning the Big Ten. We're going to have to play other kids. You know, it's kind of like Michigan State last year with the O-line and even a little bit this year, right? We, you know, like, look, they're getting, they're getting a lot of guys' experience, right? Well, it, it, it's got to be experience where it's good experience. Right now, Vincent Gray has some bad experience at corner, and this has got to be crushing his confidence because he's getting lit up, man, every week. And, you know, he got lit up in the first week, too. And they didn't even want to put him on, uh, you know, the best receiver from Minnesota for a reason. You know, Jamon Green is their best corner right now, and nobody even talked about him coming into the year. They're going to have to play Turner at corner, Dax Hill at corner more. You know, look, Dax Hill is their best cover guy right now. He's pretty much a safety, though. Um, you know, Hawkins isn't playing as well as they thought in the secondary. Michigan's not a quarterback away. They are like three or four defensive backs away. Um, this is bad. I mean, and, and right now, the attitude is Michigan doesn't seem like they're taking this seri- this season very seriously, Tyler. I mean, hearing Jim Harbaugh after the loss, it was almost like, well, you know, we're, we're going to get there. Oh, really? <laughs> um, when? And, and I'm just shocked. I'm shocked with the attitude. This is not the Jim Harbaugh that we're used to seeing. I mean, remember the fiery guy that was slapping the back of Jim Schwartz? Take that, Jim. I mean, where is that guy at? Um, and, and all these guys saying it are right, whether it's local media, whether it's local radio, whether it's mainstream media, everybody's right. This guy seems to have lost the fire. But I think a lot of it is this is a young football team for Michigan. But for Michigan State, same deal. You know, it's going to be a learning experience this year for everybody involved for both programs. Yeah, really and is. I mean, you know, unfortunately, that was the approach that you really didn't want to see, especially from Michigan, because you heard all the pundits and everybody else. Oh, they got enough to, you know, compete with Ohio State. And it's like, um, well, Justin Fields right now has more touchdowns than incompletions. And so yeah. that's not going to. He, he's looked yeah, quite well. Yeah, he's done all right. You know, if uh, ATN yeah. didn't get uh, stuffed running the ball yesterday, uh, I think that, uh, I mean, I think he'd be in the Heisman. I think he'd be leading the Heisman talk, but he did. And so now I think, uh, you know, you got to turn the page and you got to look at Justin Fields. And, I mean, I know I know he's not played oh, against yeah. stellar defenses, but is there one in the Big Ten? Like, I, I've said no. top I've said, I've said for a <laughs> while, not. the Big Ten is the deepest conference, top to bottom, in the entire country. And now, when you're looking at it, you know, you've just seen everybody beat the crap out of everybody else. This is a situation where, you know, you don't have those preseason games to fall back on like the Big Ten did last year, where, oh, they beat down everybody yeah. they played. And then when. You know, you get to the conference season and you see a situation like 
what happened a couple of years ago where Ohio State lost to Purdue, you're like, well, you know what? Purdue beat uh-huh. this team, this team, and this team. You can't do that this year because you don't play this team, this team, and this team. <laughs> it's a strict Big Ten conference schedule. So when you even have a couple lapses, which – I mean, I don't know if that's been the situation with Penn State where they just had a couple lap, or maybe they just had one lapse against Maryland and Indiana is legitimately the second best team in the Big Ten. Which the last time they... Oh, I think Indiana is good. Yeah, I think they are good. I want to say that real quick. It's kind of like last week where, you know, let's give Michigan State some credit. They played pretty well last week. Um, I, I have to say this. Both Michigan and Michigan State are just not no. very good right now. I mean, you, you have to get better every week. So, but when you watch Indiana play, um, they they're all around yeah. pretty solid. They they kick the ball well. They punt the ball well. They play good defense. They they have a running quarterback and a running back. They have good receivers. Their offensive line did a fantastic job. Um, you know, although Michigan did get a little better up front, uh, you know, Penix did have a lot of time in some circumstances. But I'll tell you what. I do think Indiana, you know, this has been a couple of years coming where they keep getting better. And I think that they are going to be that team that uh, Ohio State is going to go against. And that's going to be the game, shockingly, right? But let's not look at Indiana for just the name. Let's look at who they are as a team. Uh, this is a good football team. Very well coached. Uh, they continue to get better. They were really good last year. I mean, you um, saw yesterday. You know, and, and they're great at tackling and uh... – you know, they obviously get that from their yes. coach, who's a pretty solid tackler himself, just bringing down his own guys as they come to the sideline. Sure. Yeah, th- th- this is a weird year. Uh, you know, Indi- Indiana looks like second-best team in the Big Ten. We'll see what Wisconsin looks like when they finally take the field again and uh, see if that week-and-a-half off is going to hurt them. But, yeah. Th- or even if they play this weekend. Well, what's the, yeah. I mean, they play Michigan. And that's supposed to be a prime time game. Well, that's a fun game to watch. <laughs> Not really. But that's like yeah. a weird year, man. I mean, look, look at this. Indiana legitimately may be the second best team right now. Yeah. And, legitimately. Uh, you know, last time they were anywhere close to that was 1987 when uh, they played Michigan State to see who would go to the Rose Bowl. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, 1987 was also the last time they beat Michigan. So, yeah, Indiana is a legitimate team. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, You know, a couple games that Michigan Michigan State not looking forward to this weekend. We'll obviously cover that a little bit later. Wisconsin plays Michigan. And Michigan State plays Indiana. It's not going to be pretty uh, this weekend either. Um that that's that's our sneak no. peek right there. It's not gonna be pretty. The, the, this <laughs> I can't imagine Michigan beating Wisconsin. This, this I really state in Division you know, One I mean, football I is a bucket of suck. And th- I mean yes. that's the way it is. Like I said, there's young talent on both teams. Um, I think Michigan State is quarterback decision making away from being good. I think they're quarterback decision making and a couple years away from being a contender. But, I mean, you got to get that quarterback first. And if that quarterback is rocky and he just, you know, had, uh, you know, his first week was a product of, you know, running backs missing blocks and 
receivers making wrong reads if it if it was that type of thing. And then last week was just, uh, oops, my bad game. Then, you know, so be it. But right now, that doesn't look like that's the case. Let's get let's get to some happy news. Let's get to some happy news. Basketball season's about two weeks away. You know what? As soon as we try to get to the good news, it just cuts us off. I mean, yeah, it's twenty twenty, man. Well, what I was saying, let, me, let me just say what I was just saying real quick, and then I know you want to dive into this. We're both excited for basketball. So, so Shandre Brown gets to play. You know, he's a transfer. Comes in, he gets to play right away. Which I know that this is something that we haven't talked about, but we maybe talked behind the scenes about it. Uh, this is the type of thing that the NCAA has got to figure out. Because here we go, where Michigan gets Brown, and he's able to play. And look, I'm a Michigan guy, but I thought that was quite strange when Michigan State had the same circumstance and they their guy can't play. They better figure this out real quick because, look, college basketball is as important as college football to us. And they're going to have to really start doing some things differently with rules, probably for both sports. But that's interesting. But for Michigan's case, that's a huge pickup. I mean, that's a huge type of player, a veteran guy who played at Georgia Tech, was good. And oh, I have Wake Forest. I'm sorry. I always get too confused. So, you know, played under Danny Manning, comes in. He's a forward. They need some strength. He's a big kid, you know, not height-wise, but strong kid. Uh, liver's back. Uh, Eli Brooks and, and the transfer coming in at point guard will play together. I, I don't know why. I keep forgetting. I think the first name, Mike, I oh, it's been a rough year. But I'll get to it. We haven't done enough basketball talk. Um, Wagner back, important piece. Uh, the, the young freshman, I think, will do a good job. Michigan could be all right this year, but uh, recruiting wise, Juwan's done all right. Um, obviously, not as good as Michigan State, but maybe for 2021, if things go well, they might have a top class. Uh, that's yet to be determined. But man, I'm excited because I just think both schools will probably be pretty darn good again this year. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's kind of like a different level of excitement. Like I'm kind of trying to taper my expectations. Um, in regards to Michigan, look, we don't know how these transfers are going to play together. We don't know how the freshmen are going to play such a key role. Can uh, Wagner have that? Uh, can he have that like boost to where, you know, he's one of the leaders on this team you know, and Michigan also lost two massive uh, staples in uh Teske and Simpson and you know that yeah. was kind of what they've built around for four years and so I look for Michigan I have no idea where they're going to be they, they were ninth in the Big Ten last year but ninth in the Big Ten is as good as second in the ACC or third in the ACC like that that's how deep this group was I mean you look at eighth place Rutgers you know Rutgers yeah. could have handled the, anybody's business on any given day um and so that that's a situation where I, I'm just intrigued because there's there's a lot of moving parts with Michigan. And so can Howard put all of that together? You know, I think that that's going to be really interesting. Um, ultimately, when you see new coaches come in and they start hitting up the transfer portal like that, you know, that's an indication of, you know, he's obviously trying to get better talent because there's an issue with the talent that, was uh, looking at the university. And so we'll see if uh, that ends up playing out. Michigan State, uh, like I said, I'm trying to pump my brakes a little bit. You, you know what the team's going to look like. You know what the starters are going to look like. 
it's going to be Watson. It's going to be Brown or Langford, Henry Hauser, and then, you know, the center positions up for grabs. Um, yeah. Hauser, though, I, Hauser I'm excited to see because I think Hauser makes this offense more dynamic. And I think the offense might actually be better with Hauser inserted into the lineup than when Cassius was in the lineup last year. Cassius obviously had the ability to take over, and he had, he could do everything himself. But as far as moving the basketball, and as good as we said Tillman was, he did not offer you know that that threat to score a ton. You know, I mean, he could he could score you know fifteen to twenty points a game if he needed to. Average thirteen uh, last season. Um, but it was off of pick and roll and it was off of offensive rebounds. And that, that's where he got most of his stuff. Um, you know, occasionally a drag screen, then he pops out occasionally Yep. with Hauser in the lineup, how Tom Izzo loves a four that can pass. And he's always had one. He's always had one. Andre Hudson underrated pass, you know? Raymond Green, obviously, is a shining example of that. Tillman was good at it, but Hauser's Hauser has this ability because he also demands attention in regards to scoring. And when you have Watts running point, which I think is going to be the case, otherwise you're looking at bringing him off the bench, and with how much he started last year, I don't think that's something you can do, not to a kid like that to his ego. Um, because there's there's talks of uh, Hoggard and uh, Lawyer, and Izzo ultimately doesn't know which way he's going to end up playing it. Um, he, it feels like uh, Lawyer took a huge step this offseason. Uh, I think I'd be content with an offense that, or with a rotation that, you know, he's not in the too deep, so to speak. Um, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, you can play Hall as a three. Then you have Hauser as a four. You have Marble, Soko, and Bingham, and Kithier all up front. And so you can, you know, screw around with that rotation until you find stuff that works. And that's going to be the case again this year, which I know Michigan State fans love that about Tom Izzo is his early season uh, rotational uh, setup as he's trying to figure out his depth. You know, some years I don't think he needs to do it as much as he does, but this year it's obviously something he needs to play with, you know, because Marble for that starting job and Bingham's competing for that starting job. At the same time, you also want him to get that freak athlete Sissoko in there. Mm -hmm. I think then he's talked about, you know, playing Hall as a four, and it's like, well, you can do that. And then Hauser as a five, you can do that in, like, end-of-game situations that's not going to be something you roll with all game because you need to try to get everybody fair share of minutes, um, you know, see who's hot and you can ride that out the rest of the way. And I think that uh, having Hall as a backup three shores that position up It short. It tells you who for sure is going to be playing at shooting guard, which is Langford or Brown. And then, uh, and then that's a way you can roll Hoggard and Watts out there. But look, this is, Despite Hauser's ability, I think, to make the offense better, defensively it's not going to be the same team unless 
shows that he can step in and he can guard guys like Garson Coburn and not get bullied like he did last year. Yeah. All, all very good points. I think the one thing we have to talk about, if you're going to talk about Michigan State, number one has to be, who, is Rocket Watts going to be able to step in and play that point guard position at a very high level? Um, my uh, thoughts on it is I think he will. I think he'll do a fantastic job. I think he's a different player. Um, he's going to have to find ways to get guys involved more. Uh, Cassius was such a good leader and for general. Uh, I think Rocket will continue to get better at that. Um, as far as individual talent, he's more talented than Cassius Winston, period. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's quicker. He's more explosive. He's a better defender. But uh, he, he doesn't have the, uh, you know, the leadership stuff yet, you know. So I will say this, it's going to come down to that. I mean, Michigan State has great depth in all these different areas, um, but they still lost their leader. So anytime you lose a guy like that, you know, somebody's got to step up. But they're pretty much ready to have another guy because Rocket was really good at the end last year. As far as Michigan, um, you know, the guy that's going to replace Simpson has been around at Eli Brooks, but also the transfer coming in. Um, so, you know, I think Michigan State is better off in that area with Rocket. Uh, I think Michigan is, is going to learn real quick that, wow, Simpson did a lot for us, even though he wasn't a great shooter. Everything went through him. Um, and I think Michigan State, because Rocket's so talented, they'll slide right in. The one thing that, about Michigan, though, I will say, they got a lot of more depth this year, but it's young depth. Mm-hmm. You know, the freshman coming in will really help, but it's not like Michigan State situation where they have guys that played a year, where, you know, Hall played a year, Marble played a year. Um, you know, Bingham's lawyer, played too. You know, Bingham played too. Lawyer, even though he hasn't been a standout, he's been there two years. Um, you, you know, I, I think that guys will come in and play well for Michigan State because of a, just at least a year experience. I think Marble is really going to play well. I like Marble. I thought the times that I seen him last year, he had some great moments, Tyler, and they just didn't give him a ton of chances. I think Bingham had some great moments. They just, you know, it, it was not extended minutes. Uh, Michigan State is going to be really good. I mean, I, I don't know if they're a top two team yet. Uh, I think that's, that will be yet to be determined. But again, it's going to come down to how good will Rocket Watts be? And uh, will they even play him at point guard? That's a big question because I know they're kind of talking about lawyers still a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think you have to, though, just because you want to get Langford involved. And you yeah. want and you want to have – Brown take that next step and so you need Brown to be your backup too you can't play him at three because you have so many bigs you have to slide Hall because you need to you need to get Hall in the game you know I know you and me have uh, made a lot of jokes early on about him and I know we have a mutual friend in the group chat that makes a billion (laughs) jokes about him but here's the thing at the end of the year he got a lot better in his knowledge his IQ where he was supposed to be you know, where he's supposed to go off of screens and how the defense yeah. plays off of him and uh, tells him, like, you know, he let the game come to him a little bit more. Like, Hall's made huge, huge strides, and he's going to be a star. He's going to be. He's not there yet, but he's not as bad as the crap that we've, we kind of gave him at the beginning <laughs> of last year. And so you have to play him somewhere, and – with Hauser there, Hauser's going to start at the four. Um, and then Marble and Bingham are supposed to start at five. And so you have to put Hall somewhere. So you have to play him at that three spot. 
and um, yeah. you know, all Which I all, think he'll be okay. He's gotta yeah. get quicker. I'm sure he's improved though. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah he, I he, he needs to be. He needs to be faster. He needs to work on his handles a little bit more. But I, what I'm ultimately getting at is, you you can't redshirt anybody. You can't no. redshirt Hoggard. Bingham won't take a redshirt. He proved that last year because he was asked to take one. And you've got to find a way to play all of these guys. And unfortunately, based upon the way he's played over the last two years, I think lawyer's out. I think he'll stay at Michigan State. He's a good kid. He's going to be a great coach someday. Um, You know, you can just tell his mentality. He knows what he's supposed to do, but – he, I, he doesn't have the size or quickness to play at this level. And I know size is not everything in basketball, but you, you have to be able to have quickness to adjust for it. And, you know, that's what made guys like Muggsy Bogues and Spud Webb so great is they were quick. Foster Lawyer does not have it. He yeah. is a threat to shoot. But once he shoots, if you're able to close out on him, he's useless. Uh, and I'm, well, I think what it is with him, they, I read a great article, but I'm sure you read the same one as me. And the, the players love him because he gives them the ball. Yeah. What happens is, are you create him, creating a play for them, though? And that's really not who he is. He, he's, uh, he'll extend the, the break with the pass, which is something Michigan State's fantastic at. So he does that really well. Um, if, if, if he's one pass away from a shooter and he gets the ball, he's going to swing it quick. He's a high IQ player. When he's open, he can knock shots down. He doesn't create a lot for others or himself individually. So I, I think it's another piece, though. But, you know, maybe he's got a lot better. Yeah. You know, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, and but, I mean, that, that's you know. some of the conversation, too. But, I mean, that to me, that's his role on the team is to use that IQ. And it's to grow Watts as a point guard because that's what he's going to play when he goes to the next level. And it's to grow Hoggard yeah. as a point guard because he is so – young and raw and you know you see a lot of these kids just come in and they expect they can do the same thing that they could in high school and so that's gonna that's yeah. his role on this team is to develop michigan state's point guard situation which if watts can play that well if they can find some stability at five you know i talked about bingham if he can body up coburn and garza michigan state's always had these undersized guys who are really strong be able to do that type of thing and I mean, yeah. Delvon Rowe was a six-eight center, but he used to handle Juwan Johnson's business um, when yeah. Juwan Johnson was at Purdue. And maybe Marble ends up being that guy, as he is a six-eight center who has really strong legs. And so I think that that's going to be uh, something to look for. You know, I think Marble and Hall together—that's uh, that's going to be one of the more underrated things that Thomas has ever brought in. Yeah, you know, I, I see where I am sitting and I'm pulling up to uh, a training today. One of the things I, I wanted to mention, because we talk basketball, and obviously you know how uh, much of, uh, I'll even say it, fanboy of Cassius Winston I am, because I just love the guy. I just think he's, you know, any coach or guy that played that played point guard is going to fall in love with Cassius Winston. Right. Because he's able to change the game multiple different ways, whether he's finishing, whether he's hitting from outside, whether he's creating for others. Um, and then he did get better defensively. So I watched the thing on the site of Michigan State, and they posted, I'm sure you've seen it, where Tom was talking about his improvements. And then, you know, announcers saying he's just such a leader and he can change the momentum of a game. I talk about this with my players all the time. 
you know, you got to know score. You got to know situation. And Cassius Winston will be missed because of that. Because look at Duke two years ago, remember, when he changed that game, when they were getting beat down in the first half and it was going Duke's way. And then he, he made, I think, 11 straight points Michigan State scored, and he was a part of all of them. Mm-hmm. And you have to make plays. And Michigan and Michigan State are losing two guys that made a lot of plays for yeah. them. You know, Simpson wasn't a good shooter, but he made plays for Michigan. A lot of mm-hmm. them. Uh, Cassius Winston made a ton of plays for Michigan State. And, and when you replace that, sometimes you don't replace it with one guy. So Foster Lawyer is definitely going to have to come in and be a little more creative. And when he comes in, he can't just be a you know a spot guy like, oh, I'm giving Cassius a few-minute break. No, you got to come in and probably get five, six points a night, three or four assists. Hey, maybe some nights you get double figures. You're going to have to make plays. So I think that'll be interesting, Tyler, to see if he does that because we've talked about it a lot for a couple years. Let's see if he gets it done. Yeah, and I mean, I, I honest, honestly think that that's our one reservation that we really have. Um, really about yeah. both of these teams right now. There's obviously questions that are going to be answered as the season rolls around, and uh, we'll cover that as we get closer to that time um obviously we'll hit you up oh can i hurry can i just hurry up now can we just get to it my gosh i'm tired of football yeah and we'll get to our previews for football this weekend as well and uh look it's uh do we have to i don't know it's our (laughs) show we We can do do whatever we want but uh yeah well we'll do we'll fight through it we're doing we're not we're not backing down we'll fight through this year 2020 has been a hell of a year anyway. So Rest in peace, we might as well just take the bullets. And, keep... and oh, I know. I mean, when when's it going to end? When is it going to end? But uh, look, we'll we'll cover all that stuff as we get closer to this weekend. Be sure on Tuesday at eight o'clock to uh, check out through the banks of the Red Cedar, directed by Mike Washington, who I had the privilege to talk to. You know, that was uh, such a great interview and. I'm sure the documentary is great as well. I'll finally get to see it for the first time. And, uh, you know, check that out. Tuesday at 8 on Big Ten Network, we'll hit you up with our Indiana, Michigan State, and Wisconsin-Michigan previews uh, later this week. But that does it for us on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. Uh, Trouble with right now is what it looks like. And uh, hopefully we can get to basketball season a little quicker than uh, normal. That does it for Jeremy File. I am Tyler Hayward. This was Trouble with the Snap.